Hey, this is Mike C. of The Natural Man Podcast. I gotta get this out of the way right off the top. The Natural Man Podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only and should not be constituted as medical advice or diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man Podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of The Natural Man Podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent, and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the natural man podcast that's it here we go natural living in a not so natural world this is the natural man podcast welcome to the natural man podcast my name is mike c we're glad you joined us for this episode uh if this is your first time joining us uh this podcast is an exploration into health wellness and discovering new ways to improve one's vitality and we do that by exploring different areas of medicine and talking to different practitioners and specialists in their chosen fields and today we have a very special guest dr latrin huang from los angeles she has her own practice she is a osteopath dr huang thanks for joining us today thanks for having me on today uh, yeah, it's it's our pleasure. Um, so tell me, uh, you were trained as a conventional pediatrician. Is that right? Yes, correct. And then you moved into osteopathic medicine after that? Yes, um, I returned to it. So my uh, education is a doctor of osteopathy. Osteopathic medicine is a branch of medicine that uh, is that has legal... Um, parity with um, MD allopathic medicine. So there are about 33 schools in the U.S. Uh, and uh, in the U.S. there's maybe about 200 medical MD allopathic schools and to, to our 33 um, DO schools. Okay, so um, tell me the difference between an MD and a DO, because as you said, you, you have sort of equal footing as far as um, certifications and, and ability to practice, but what are, what are some of the key differences? Um, let's talk about the similarities. The similarities is four years of um, schooling uh, that's preceded by four years of college. Um, and the differences in the school and in the schooling um, are basic. With our basic science courses, we're required to do osteopathic laboratory. So it's it's hands-on labs where you palpate the body um, and then you treat the musculoskeletal system. Um, the MDs do not have that, and they don't have um, a very good sense and training of, of the physical body outside the, the gross medical school training and looking for big, bad signs of disease. So we're a little more um, delicate. We know our palpation and we know our anatomy a little bit better. Um, and after the, the four years of training, whether allopathic or osteopathic, 
that we are required to match into residency programs. So you can do general medicine or and or a specific field uh, or specialty that you head into uh, in your training. So I ended up doing pediatrics. Okay, so um, you know you touched on how you you guys are sort of more familiar with the you know muscle skeletal system. So. Um, I know in sort of integrative medicine, the body's seen more as a working system interchangeably with the different parts versus, um, you know, some conventional philosophies are more sort of, okay, we're going to treat the kidney, we're going to treat the heart, but not see yes, it so. Reductionist. Yes, and yeah. Conventional allopathic medicine is very reductionistic. So, um it's very narrow and focused on specific parts of the human body pieces and systems. So a neurologist would look at the brain and spinal cord. An ophthalmologist would just deal with the eyes and eye disease. Um, it, yes, it's very narrowed down and focused um, when you go into specialties and then subspecialties. Uh, and that's the conventional approach. And whether it's osteopathic holistic approach or now the, the the conventional world is understanding uh, how reductionistic it is. And uh, there are more and more MDs that are choosing the holistic philosophy. And then they go down this whole pathway of um, uh, advanced training they call functional medicine. And it's a, another perspective that you might want to um, um, interview and, and research for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know too much, but I do know um, some MDs who go that way in down the holism path away from conventionalism. Now, are you seeing that trend more with sort of conventional clinicians moving in that direction? Is that something you're seeing a, a larger trend of now yes, versus absolutely. maybe 10 years ago? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and with social media, it's, it's uh, more widely uh, acknowledged and out there so so people can do their own research so it's very nice uh, very nice to see uh, that my colleagues in um, allopathic medicine were recognizing uh, that that this reductionistic approach is not working right mm -hmm. yeah um, now tell me about uh, and I know you practice this yourself osteopathic manipulation tell me a little bit about yes. that um, osteopathic musculoskeletal treatments, um, we call these OMT visits, and uh, you can call it manipulation, um, as opposed to physical therapy. A lot of people have gone to physical therapists, and when you're hurting, uh, that philosophy is, is movement and building tone, and it's great for rehab um, after surgery, where uh, a, a muscle that hasn't been used properly is reminded how it's used properly in, in osteopathic musculoskeletal treatments. Um, the body is injured and deranged from its path of normal structure, which alters its normal pathway of function. And so the way we look at it is you do what you need to do with the muscle to reset it and, and uh, balance its structure so that its return to function is, um, it, the body is capable of returning to its function. Um, 
so I, I use I usually like my the analogy of the broken nose, and I say, oh, the broken nose only wants to go back one way. So you know, you get a, a left hook, and suddenly the bone is right out here. Right. And uh, so so everybody can see that the nose wants to go back to midline, but how you go about it, different people will do different things. So. You know, the boxing coach in his moment of panic, he's just like, oh, the nose is not that way. And then he sees all this blood gushing. But, you know, if he's really experienced, he'll just ignore the blood. You know, grab that honker and yank it back. <laughs> so it's grossly mechanical and, and it's very common sense, very structural common sense. And so um, uh, the ear, nose, throat specialist will say, oh, Okay, we'll let it calm down. We'll let the inflammation, the swelling settle. And then, um, you know, if, if they get an old, old broken nose and it's fibrotic and it's stuck, they'll go in there. And this is this sounds really horrifying for new people who don't know this, but they go in there and they re-break it. I've heard Cow that. I've heard that with wrists too. Yes, they do. Yes, bones. Yes, yes. yes. When it's all healed crooked, right? So, so they go in and they re-break it. How offensive is that? You know. Yeah. Uh, so they go re-break it, and then they they eyeball it or they sense it. I don't know. I'm not an EMT, and I've never been in a room with a, an OR with an, an EMT. But I suppose they look at it and they use their visual uh, system to say, oh yeah, this looks about right. <laughs> and they go up in the nostril like, oh, okay, this opening looks pretty match with this opening. So so they're in the structure and the function are interlinked. You know, if your, your nasal septum is out this way and there's no very little narrow airway flow and, 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 and this side is open, there's no balance. This side is wide open, this side is narrow. And so when you inhale, you're not going to breathe very clearly. And so you guys who've been in bar fights and you've had your, <laughs> you, know, you got a left hook, <laughs> you got blindsided, right? You're like, and you come in, you're like, see doctor, I can smell on this side. I can smell on this side. So, so structure is, is linked with function. Function is linked with structure and they're two sides of the same coin. And so that's how the, the EM, ENTs, the specialists do it grossly. Um, um, I suppose, I imagine that, I don't think chiropractors do this. They don't move noses back because um, their whole focus is the spine. But um, osteopathy is a whole body philosophy from head to toe. So um, I have patients who, who don't breathe evenly and, the, and, and their sinuses are plugged and they get chronic infections. Um, they have past injuries, maybe not a break, but just a punch or an elbow to the nose. Um, so uh, grossly and locally at the site of uh, uh, trauma and imbalance, uh, we would go there and we would hold the nasal bone. And there's a couple of ways you can do it. And, and it depends on different people, how they choose to do it and their ability to sense and palpate the tissue, the living tissue. Um, you can grab the, the nasal bone and guide it back slowly. And this is the difference between medical school and uh, a chiropractor who doesn't have medical training or a physical therapist who doesn't have medical school training. When you see the deep layers of tissue or even massage therapists, I know massage therapists wouldn't even bother massaging in this area. 
right, rightfully so. You don't go to massage therapist to fix your face. <laughs> um, so, so every single bone in the human body is uh, lined with an outer casing, uh, a bony lining called periosteum. And I liken it to a sausage casing. You know, you got the sausage in there and that's the bone, the bone proper. And then there's a sausage casing and that's that lining. And so one sausage link is connected to another sausage link and at the twist and bend, that's what we call a ligament. And so the nasal bone is held onto the rest of the face and the facial bones by this ligament in between the bones and the sausage casing. So we, I would grab the, the nasal bone and I would guide it back to it through its link to the rest of the facial bone through this periosteum. And this periosteum has nerve endings, so it hurts when you break a bone, right? And you get all this swelling, but it's very elastic. And so you can feel, if you, if you take the time, you can guide it back and you feel that rubber band elastic um, sausage casing, that periosteal lining, guide you back into its proper place. And sometimes you'll feel this, you know, and, and, um, and that's the actual nose that where you'll feel that the nasal bone. Yes. And you go okay. right out and you can. Wow. Um, and, and so, um, it'll fit right back in where it wants to be. But the problem is, you know, uh, traumas are very complex and it just does not involve one local area. And I wouldn't be done. I wouldn't charge what I charge and spend 30 to 40 minutes on that one area because at the moment of impact, um, you, you get a fracture, maybe you don't get a fracture, maybe you get a displacement. But with the blind side, now you have the deep nasal septum in there. Then you have your maxillary bones where your sinuses are. So, you know, those guys, you guys who've, who've, who've taken a punch to the face, maybe not broken the bone, you're not breathing normally. Wow. Your sinuses are stuck. You're going to get chronic congestion. You're going to get, um, 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 you're going to be susceptible to chronic um, um, colds, chronic sinus infections if your diet is poor. So this whole mechanism is stopped up just from that one mild incident. So maybe it wasn't a, a you weren't blindsided with a, a, a right hook. Maybe um, you fell off of your um, bike. Your segue, you did a facelift, yeah. you know, so, yeah. so all the, the relationships are distorted. So going back to that, that punch in the face, well, now your sinuses, when you, when you took that fist, you know, uh, maybe you got your, your, your maxillary bone knocked. And so it's compressed. And so if you draw a, a subsequent pictures after your, after your fight, you know, this side is going to look smaller, the side that took the punch and it looks smaller and who's going to go in there and rebalance it uh not your md not your your ent surgeon uh, because he makes money doing the surgery and insurances pay him to do that and i could probably train the ent to do it for you but why would he want to his his training is to operate and even if he sees that and he has the that awareness where is he going to send you Physical therapy. What does the physical therapist know about opening up the sinuses to help the function of the respiratory mucosa to um, 
to sweep the debris out of the sinuses. So now we have this indented sinus as well. So we actually osteopaths to go in and do mouth work and we kind of balance it out and open it up. And so back to the impact, when you got your, that hook, your head sitting on C1, the first cervical vertebrae, swiveled. And so there's a rotational whiplash. So what I do is I would go down here and do a little derotation and treat that rotational whiplash. So that's why um, osteopathic treatments take so long. Uh, they cost a little bit more. The doctor can't do it with the, with the quickness and the financial equivalence of a, a chiropractic adjustment because it's, it's more delicate, it's more in-depth, um, um, and we want to get it done and we have to do it all from head to toe. So this actually goes down to the shoulders goes down to the chest wall and the ribs because there's that rotational component uh, and the the, um, the whiplashing all the way down the spine so it doesn't it just doesn't stay right there where everybody else focuses right there but the true osteopathic physician does the whole body concept and treats the, the complete um, impact as well as the downstream um, um, whiplashing and rotational um, movements associated with that. So, see, just explaining it to you, it's a full-on in-depth in kind of discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 very beautiful. But but you know, this is how I explain it, and and most people, it's very common sense medicine. It sounds like it. Yeah, structural. Yeah, and um, you know, when you're doing a patient intake. Do you often have patients sort of recall accidents that they might have had 10 years ago that they've completely forgotten and think maybe they've recovered fully from it? And then... Oh, yeah, you guys, you guys all think you've recovered. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> that car accident was 25 years ago. Nothing happened. I'm perfectly fine. I walked out of there. <laughs> I could have died. But look at me. I'm completely I'm walking. What's no wrong? Problem. Yeah. You know, now you have a herniated disc. Yeah. So, yes, we go through extensive, extensive trauma history from, you know, the biggest and baddest, which is the car accidents you've been through, the falls you've taken, the concussions you've had in your sports injury in high school. But I go even further, and most of us go even further, how we were born. The circumstances of our birth, that's our first um, full body trauma which is getting squeezed down through a birth canal that's about 60% smaller than the, your cranial uh, size and capacity. So, um, yes, we take extensive trauma history. So, you know, my, my trauma list includes uh, the number of surgeries you've had, the, your, your dental interventions. Um, yeah, so those all actually are additive. And when you're young, you don't feel it. It's when you age and the tissues kind of sag and, and the tissues no longer have that wonderful vital elasticity uh, of youth and things kind of sag and drag and, and things start to pull and then you start to feel the tension uh, loads. T tell me about, you mentioned dental interventions. 
Tell me about that. Like what kind of dental interventions impact people later on? Oh my gosh. It's, it's to me, a, a dentistry, modern dentistry is, is a um, necessary evil. So some of the interventions I see early on, uh, the, the braces. Okay. So philosophically, the, 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 the balanced uh, mechanism that is able to breathe freely and move unrestricted. You should have full development of a jaw that will provide enough room for your genetically inherited teeth uh, to come up straight and even. So when we see a, a crowded mouth, there were some injuries um, prior in, in the early period. Now, I'm sorry, and you say crowded mouth. Do you mean teeth close together? Yes, teeth close together, or you have a small jaw. Um, and when I say mouth, I'm also talking about the dental ridge that is just sitting below your maxillary sinuses. I'm talking about your posterior throat muscles. And um, I'm talking about how those muscles um, open up in the back and coordinate with the motions of your tongue and its root. So I listen to people talk. I listen for speech impediments. I listen for um, just the, the tone and tenor and, and as an offside when I watch um, uh, celebrities in their roles in movies, uh, they, I get my little peas about how they talk about, oh, that guy has oh that guy went to speech therapy oh look at that you know you so can I hear you can hear all that yes wow. yes it drives me nuts so <laughs> in, in a couple of minutes we can talk about um uh, some of my my i've, I've identified the um uh, the celebrities and and once i tell you it'll be like like you you can't get it out of your mind and then you're gonna look for it and it's gonna bug you just as much as it's bugged me <laughs> so so yes so a crowded mouth does include all of that with um, control, motor control of the tongue and the posterior oropharynx. But, but you know, um, if we're growing, we the, we would have enough room, and the teeth would come down and straight and even. Um, and what I'm seeing with modern dentistry, the interventions are, of course, the braces to straighten the teeth. So here you are yanking on these crowded teeth, but you've made no accommodation for the bony facial structure. How does that make sense? And so this explains why kids, when they get their, their dental intervention, their braces, and even as adults who want to fix their, you know, align their teeth, um, you get neck pain, hmm. right? And you get headache. My migraine patients, you know, a, a dental cleaning triggers them and sets them off. So my wow. migraine. To, to make an appointment the same day, the day after, or the week of uh, dental interventions. So braces is one, um, and they've become a little more progressive now. I mean, pre, I used to see a lot of patients who had teeth pulled, mm -hmm. and fortunately, they don't pull teeth anymore. You know, the, the more progressive, kind, and gentle um, orthodontists will do step work, phase work, where they expand the palate first, and they, they, they insert one of these little spring-loaded hand cranks. So then you sit and you go, ah, monthly, and then they go in there and they crank, spread the palate open. So with the, 
with the the, the uh, approach, uh, the philosophical approach that that okay, maybe if you open up the palate, that force that causes it to expand will expand the ridge and and allow this the teeth to come down even easier so that when they actually brace and wire it, it won't be as painful. And so the braces is the one intervention. Um, pulling of extra, too much teeth or big teeth, that was old school. It's considered now barbaric and medieval. So thankfully they don't do that to kids anymore. Um, oh, and now we're seeing more um, dental implants, you know, where they hammer in. But if you don't have healthy bone, if you don't have a system that's not inflamed, it, you have to have strong, healthy bones to accept the post for the implant or the, the crown in. So those are a lot of interventions. Um, and, and it's not just specific, you know, um, uh, an injury to the bone. It's just the positioning of putting the head in for the dentist to examine your, your gums and your teeth. That position is a what we what I call a hyperextended whiplash position, and so the human cervical spine is such that most of the things we do um, hyperextend us and whiplash us. So if you think about it, you know when you're rear-ended on the freeway, you whiplash. That's also the position where you open up for the dentist to look at you. When you get your hair washed in that salon and you got that U scoop, you're whiplashing. Yeah. Right? Is that so, a trauma, uh, even if you're doing yes. that in a gentle position where you just lie back? Is that still traumatic on the body? Um, it does. It, it does pull up a spot, the, 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 the spine up a hair. So if you're not that bad, then um, you won't feel it. But it's repeated um, episodes uh, of these, these pulls and these tension strains um, that it becomes cumulative. And it's almost like a repetitive stress injury. So, so uh, just the dental position will do it. And, and that's why we, we call it osteopathic muscular manipulation. So these positions that you're put in um, as part of daily life, you know, um, you can reset it positionally. Um, you, there's so many ways to help the, the tissue reset. So we, we call it manipulations. Um, but because there's so many body workers and chiropractic and the people are offering more, um, I just hope that people don't think, think that the manipulations are, are wild and very gross and, and hard. It's actually very gentle. And so we call it treatments. I've leaned from calling it manipulations to, to treatment, gentle treatment. Um, so those are the dental interventions. The, the fear that you guys need to hear about that I see is that uh, the, the modern dentistry is also becoming possibly more aggressive because they see young children with a lot of cavities and they need to go in there and they need to do it. Or they need to go and change the, 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 the position of the teeth early on before the, the face molds permanently. So, you know, you go into that, that dire scare tactic approach. And I'm seeing kids getting things done at Six, eight, and you remember you talk to your your friends and family. Um, uh, the older they are, the the people that you talk to, their de dental intervention history is, oh yeah, I got my braces in high school. I was kind of nerdy and had all that wiring in there. 13, 14, 15. But you talk to people now, uh, 
And you hear more and more interventions early, as early as 10, 8, 9. I've seen my, you know, one of my worst migraine patients that came to me from a, a neurologist. Um, she had interventions as early as 6. And I can see why. You know, parents are, they get scared and nervous and they don't know what else to do. And, you know, they're, they're consulting the professionals. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's why I do these talks and I educate and I have my, uh, you know, my websites and uh, my Instagram. And so I try to educate people. And uh, my, my dental photos are amazing. I love my dental photos because you see changes in the, the jaw. Same visit. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves with dentistry is, is the crossbite where the jaw doesn't line up and, and the top front teeth don't match the bottom front teeth and that space in between. Uh, I'm seeing, this is what's called a crossbite. Okay. Right? Yeah. That means that the hinge at the jaw in, isn't perfectly a hinge now. There's a twist in the hinge. So think of your, your door. Now you open and close, um, you have to hang the hinge perfectly so that the door closes nicely. So, you know, you get somebody where the, the hinge is off and that door doesn't close, does it? Or you right. try to close, it doesn't snap in, it swings out. And so um, the, some of the, the more barbaric approaches is to get that back, they, they put a lot of wires and they, they, with rubber bands um, but they do nothing above and they do nothing below it's a, it's a very narrow focus modern dentistry uh, intervention where, where they try to untwist but from my perspective why did that twist happen to at all in the first place there was an accident and so most crossbites happen later you see it later it's a, a temporally distant um, effect of an early, early trauma when the child was much younger, two, three, four, when it, they were much smaller. And they really, well, uh, what I see most commonly is that they um, rolled off the bed. Okay. And fell mm -hmm. somehow. Um, and the other thing I've also seen is right off the bike, you know, they're, they're riding around on the bike and they fall right over, off to one side. And then as they're face and their jaw develops, it doesn't jaw develop nicely, it, it twists. And um, one of the more barbaric interventions for, for crossbites that are severe, and I have a patient, they actually go into the TMJ and then they cut it, they surgically cut it, and then they do this, <laughs> they untwist it, and then they, so, so they've altered the hinge, they've surgically intervened in the hinge uh, movements. Oh, Sorry, what man. are what are they cutting? The jaw, the jaw, the joint. the joint. They're actually mm -hmm. cutting it and adjusting mm -hmm. it right in the dental mm -hmm. office, the, or is that like a hospital not procedure? The that is a hospital procedure, and it's done by the. Um, they're called the the oromaxillofacial surgeons. Okay. So they do a lot of cutting here, and they think that's the best way to fix it. And you know you. It, because it's a surgical procedure, you're drinking your meals through a straw for about six weeks. Right, wow. I've seen that. And so, um, from my philosophical approach, they're they're addressing it surgically locally, 
And when I see those patients, I still feel the twist up here, that skull base. I still feel that rotational whiplash in the, uh, the, the neck and the shoulders. And you can actually see it in the rest of their body because when they lay down, they're not straight. The shoulders are rotated, the hips are rotated. And then when you lay down, their feet rotated. And um, your, your, your listeners can do this. You can just lay down and close your eyes and go to sleep and then open your eyes and peek and see what your body tensions have done. If your feet go, ah, then very likely you rolled and injured yourself on that side and the jaw will match what you see with your feet. Really? And that means my feet are going to go like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. This is this is very common sense um, structural medicine. And, and the forensic evidence is in the body. People just have to look. The MDs, um, they're back. They're, they're double booking and triple booking the conventional. Doctors are double booking, triple booking within a time slot. Who's going to lay down and take a look? So, you know, your, your, your visit out of pocket is cheaper but you only get this little window of time. And, you know, and, um, I, I like that more and more people are aware. And I think they're aware of the, their pocketbook being drained. And it's up to them to take care of themselves and um, take care of their families. And um, it, it, you, you demand more and you expect more from your explanations. And it has to make sense. You don't let anybody know you, and if something doesn't make sense, walk out the door. Right. Um, and you know, I, 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 I like it, the challenge that we we have to go through to educate patients, and we do the work, and it is work. If you accept what's out there, sure, it's going to be cheaper. You think you're saving money, but in the long run, um, it's the you become hostage to this situation. The, 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 you become hostage to the, the, the system. And you keep going in, going in, going in, going in, and you feed the system. And I don't like that you're never free. So I like freedom. And there's now more uh, medical freedom movement. And people have to educate themselves. You know, the world is com increasingly complex. It's just not going to get easier. We just have to be more informed. And so um, and social media, uh, tech, um, just podcasts, just educating and sharing free information. Absolutely. Um, um, it's out there if you want to learn. Yep. No, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's lovely. So based on what you're telling me, I'm I'm terrified to ask this question because it's something that I do because it just feels good. But you tell me uh, if I need to stop. I have uh -oh. a I have a pull up bar, yes, and I like to hang from it just like a stretch. It feels really good on my back. Is that causing trauma? And do you not recommend that? I hang for I maybe like thirty seconds a day, but oh, but it feels bad. amazing. And I okay. when I when I get down, mm -hmm. I just feel this like parasympathetic takeover of my whole body. Like I just feel more relaxed. You veg. Yes, you yeah. veg, and then you digest. That's the parasympathetic, the nervous system. So that tells me that it's therapeutic for you. So I always, you know, when I was first learning, going back to learning osteopathy, I didn't know what I was doing. So I used my adult patients 
as a guide to teach me. I would tell them, you know, that this should feel good. It should feel right as rain. There's nothing harsh. It's all gentle. You just let me know. If you don't like anything, you let me know and I'll stop. Right? So that's how I learned. I use their nervous system as a guide. And so, you know, when I feel tension build up in a specific movement, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I wait for them to tell me, you know, tell me to stop before it starts to hurt. You know, there's a, the intact nervous system can sense tension buildup. And so I use my patients as, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, they were my guide. Um, and for you, when you're stretching and you're doing something, it, if you feel good, then it is your therapy for you. So you're hanging upside down, great, if you feel good. So what does that mean, though, structurally, when you're hanging upside down? Yeah. Um, the ligaments and then your bony skeleton is getting a nice little stretch, and the stretch is slow and gradual, and it's gravitational. So when we're standing upright, gravity is dragging our spine this way. So you're anti-aging, and you're reversing the gravitational drag of your spine. Okay. Which is fine. So I'm stretching hurting. it out. I'm helping it. it. Yes, so you're loving it. And that's fine. What else? When you're upside down, um, your heart doesn't have to work as much. Your blood and your veins are pooling up here to feed your brain. So maybe I should hang myself upside down just for 30 seconds too. I'm going to try that. But you're, 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 um, and, and I'm fine with it. So what it does is that little bit of increase um, hydraulic pressure in your skull is helping up helping to open up that sutures just those sutures for just millimeter motions and then you get down and that's fine you're getting a break and so it's almost this expansion and recession expansion and that's fine that's that's what we hope to happen when our heart when we're running and our heart pumps blood into our brain and then it drains up and then that's nourishment and you know our, our biochemistry works when we, our brain gets oxygenated like that. So if you're liking it, then go ahead and let the continue doing it. I, it's not for me to say don't do it if you don't feel good. Yeah. Um, if you feel good, then that's your therapy. Um, and so that tells me because you like that, it tells me something. Okay. You have not had. You have. You don't have a crossbite. <laughs> Right, so you don't have you don't have a, a torquing and a twist in your body because if if you have a torquing and a twist in your body or you've had a past um, asymmetrical lateral lateral a blow when you stretch it seems to me like you're stretching symmetrically. So because I'm because I'm comfortable, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you um, if you played football and you got blindsided multiple times by receivers and no, you're a receiver and you get blocked. Sorry. I don't know. Football. <laughs> <laughs> you're a receiver and you're running like Terrell Owens. Yeah. And then you, um, somebody threw you from the side. What happens to your trunk is that it gets jammed and it gets stuck. So then you're trying to do a, a symmetrical stretch. It's not going to be even and you won't feel right. Really? Will it be painful? No. Would it be painful or does it just yes, feel awkward? Feel it, it depends on, on what other types of injuries you've had and whatever uh, mechanical um, constraints from your past history of injuries is causing you. So um, another uh, stretching like that would not feel good 
Um, probably not for a golfer. Golf is a highly symmetric, uh, asymmetric sport. And there's a torque in the, that spine. And most golfers don't um, exercise and, and untorque the other way. So the twist happens in the, in the diaphragm just below the chest wall. And so with the, that twist, you hang upside down or you try to do a yoga stretch. Oh, there's going to be some torque, some pulling and some strain and microfiber tears somewhere along the way. So the golfer will say, Mike, you're crazy. Don't do that. Or, or you know, you have a friend who golfs and you're visiting and they're like, Mike, what's that? Oh, that's my stretch bar. You should try it. You get your friend on there and, and you'll be helping him off and you'll be helping him cook. <laughs> Go to the doctor, yeah. <laughs> get a muscle spasm. You know, you cause him a spasm. He's on your floor. Yeah. So different people, different histories, different injuries, different strain patterns can't all do the same thing. So this is why you know your self education is important and listening to a, you know natural health uh, podcast. So you think about it. Yeah, your friend he, he just visited you and you swore how wonderful it was, but he's been a a a, a golfer for twenty years. He's got that torque in. And how about when he was younger? He did gymnastics. So he's yeah. got all these piled on injuries in his spine. Like, so then, you know, after he leaves you, if you pick him off the floor, he goes to his doctor on a Monday and says, no, I was at my friend's house and he swore this was good. He promised me I feel great. And so, so it tweaked tweaked my back. So he goes to his doctor. So that what does his conventional doctor do? His conventional doctor gives him a muscle relaxant. He tells him to rest. But, you know, if he's really injured, it's all piled on. So now you've got this pulling force on a system that's already been crumpled and twisted. And so how do we untangle all of that? Um, your doctor, if the if your pain persists, your doctor, the conventional doctor will send you to physical therapist. But the physical therapist doesn't under that kind of, understand that kind of complexity. You don't have that training. Um, and, and, um, I think it's all physics really it goes down to, to basic fundamental, uh, physics and structures, you, you know, in, in medical school, uh, pre-med, you have to do physics. And then when you go to medical school, you've got basic physics applied to the human body. And then in DO school, you have the mechanical, gross mechanical uh, labs that we do. So it's, it's very complex. And then, so, so, you know, you don't, your friend doesn't get relief and he needs to go to work and he needs to earn a living to provide for his family. Um, and no one's told him to go to chiropractic. And then he sees all these billboards, they all fix your back in a quick $40 adjustment. And, um, yeah, uh, my patients who have gone to chiropractors, the, the, the patients who, who don't use osteopathy and they love chiropractic clearly, um, uh, that uh, philosophy and modality is quick and, and it works for them. But I do see a lot of patients who are more complex. So, so we handle the complex cases and these are the reasons why they're complex right. and they need more and they need a more in-depth analysis of the, the trauma. They need a, uh, an experience of understanding of how the physiology and the function is completely deranged by a compressed, damaged, twisted, torqued um, um, function, uh, structure. Um, and, and I like that, that 
when you get to disease, when you get a diagnosis of some sort of disease, then you've massively decompensated. The structure is so injured and uh, distorted that it doesn't function well. It actually goes and, and, and decompensates into dysfunction. Right. And then you're like really up the creek. My patients who come to me, they're very engaged. No one is more motivated than the sick patient. Absolutely. I always tell people, you are your best advocate, which is why, you know, I go and I do these explanations. I've been doing this for 20 years and I've figured it out in my mind how to explain it to my patients. So I'm super busy. Um, but it's, it's common sense structure, structural medicine that the patient can see. They can't explain it, but they can see it within themselves. So I, that's why I take the pictures and I continue to post the before and after pictures and I continue to teach for free on the Instagram page. Um, and people see it there and, and, um, it's all organic growth, my following and I don't mind. It's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, what is your Instagram? What is your Instagram uh, handle? handle? Yeah. Handle? Yeah. My Instagram handle is at D-R-L-H-O-A-M-G. Okay. Um, so uh, another question I was going to ask you, uh, and you sort of touched on it, the differences with chiropractic versus osteopathy. So chiropractic is more, and correct me if I'm wrong, but chiropractic appears to be more sort of based on the spinal area and how the nerves work in the spine. Um, it sounds like compared to osteopathy, there may be some limitations there because it sounds like you go far beyond the spine and the nerve endings in the spine. Is that an Correct. accurate assessment? Oh, that's a very good assessment. Um, um, osteopathy is a whole body medical philosophy. So we are... Uh, we have extensive medical um, training, education and training comparable to MDs. And um, um, it is a medical education and uh, very expensive. Yeah. And so that's why to touch uh, uh, on one of your prior questions is or when we've spoken many times before and uh, why it's why so many DOs don't do what we do, which is the traditional. It's, it's expensive. How can you earn a living and pay your $250,000 medical school education seeing one patient at a time? And I'm, I'm very good. I'm very experienced. 20 years, I can make an assessment in 20, 30 minutes, and the patient limping in walks out not limping. Wow. You know, and hurting less in 30 minutes. But when I was in this 10 years after medical school, an assessment and a treatment for me was 30 to 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 40 minutes to an hour. People can't, doctors, doctors that are motivated in helping, helping you heal, you don't, and, and so that you're free of any system. It takes a lot of understanding, it takes a lot of training. Um, it takes a lot of thoughtfulness um, that conventionally that the, the, the time doesn't allow for it. Um, and so I, I just, I'm just nutty and I love it. And I, I, I want the medical education. I want to understand it all and to be able to explain it to you. It makes sense. And so that, that, that is, that takes a lot of time. 
and and it's more and more training. And I'm I'm a total nerd. I love learning. So the I was never daunted by by the length of education and and the the, the learning of it. To me, it's a joy <laughs> to understand. And so um, the, the chiropractic education, I you know, there are wonderful chiropractors who who don't want to deal with the blood, can't afford the money, and they they opt for a more natural approach. And and um, and theirs is another way of training. Um, and it's I, they do have more nutrition and um, education for the patients. Uh, they do uh, a little more muscle testing, and there are some half of that world is 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 given up the the high velocity the, the cracking, and the other half that's that's more gentle and a little more um, refined. They they deal with supporting the underlying um, health, the physiology, diet, and supplements. I get that. Um, the body's just more responsive. It, it's left to its devices. That it, it, it's automated, self-automated, self-functioning, yeah. um, and, and less intervention. But um, if you, it, it also goes back to the history of how osteopathy originated. That you can understand um, how medicine evolved. You know, the, the, um, osteopathy started with an MD who didn't like the way things were working in, in his system. And he said, oh, there's got to be a better way. And the better way is to balance the, the structure um, deep from within the bone, because trauma goes bone deep, and then um, it will heal outwards. And, and that includes the tendons and the ligaments and the tissue and the fascia, the whole um, structure that holds us together. Um, and so osteopathy actually predates chiropractic by three years. And in the history of chiropractic, you don't ever hear it. But the history of chiropractic um, is behind osteopath osteopathic medicine by three years. Because the man who started chiropractic was treated by the doctor who started osteopathy. Wow. So I read, I read these old, old books. And, and when I was going back into um, osteopathy, it's called The Lengthening Shadow of A.T. Still. Uh, and it's the, the first, first um, inkling of how uh, these systems evolved in medicine. Um, chiropractic started off, yeah, by, by the man who was treated by A.T. Still. And in the lengthening shadow of A.T. Still, um, A.T. Still's daughter uh, discussed how a palmer stayed after he was treated and ate at the doctor's table. So then he goes back home, he's feeling good, and then three years later, he discovers chiropractic. So um, that's, that's the history. You'll never find it. You'll only find that. I found it. The lengthening shadow of A.T. Still, and it's in the first probably 20 pages somewhere. I got to find it for you. I got to dig it out. But, uh, oh, okay. And then, you know, you go into the history of rolfing, and there's some some good nuggets there. In, you, what, what, is you rolfing? History. what is rolfing? What is rolfing? Hold on. You go into the history of craniosacral therapy, and there's some good historical nuggets there. Um, so, um, 
So rolfing is is um, a step here. <laughs> I'm going to say it PC. Um, rolfing is a registered trademark of a biochemistry uh, a, a biochemist by the name of Ida Rolf. And you got to go into the history. And so she looked into osteopathy too okay. and um, she calls it structural reintegration i think that's what it is you just go go on their website uh, structural reintegration and um i had somebody rolf me once and i was terribly impressed but i'm not dire and ill and sick I'm like oh okay so it's gentle big deal it felt like ringing of a towel to me on my arms <laughs> okay like, okay deal. And no harm no voucher but the people who've been wrong, they tend to go back and that's the destructive part they go. And it's repeated. So you just think of a towel that's wrong. You think of a towel that's this nice plush, 100% Egyptian cotton towel that you got and just put it in the wash and dryer <laughs> multiple yeah. times. It's been wrung out. Um, and so um, the, the, the nervous system had, had just kind of been beaten up and it, it's not very organized disorganized afterwards but um yeah so people have been who've been rolfed and they come to me they're still not better um it takes me two to three times as long so so rolfing and the history is uh, of rolfing is um you know ida rolf looked into osteopathy but it she didn't find it very um enlightening i don't know she she found it lacking so she discovered something brand new of her on her own and she named it after herself. How does a biochemist learn anatomy and discover a whole new way of healing? No, I, I, I can't buy it. It doesn't wash. It doesn't pass the smell test. I Rolf discovered something, a brand new way of healing, but she originated as a biochemist. All right, sure, all right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so you, you, you got to look into the histories and see how things started. I don't, I, I generally don't, don't teach, um, non DOs. You, you got to commit the money and the time. Um, so, so I, I, I grossly lecture and talk, but it's, it's a surface level. You don't really get the in-depth, um, esoteric teachings and, um, but it's, it's a whole nother world and it's a whole nother beautiful world that I can't share with you guys because it's, it's a whole different jargon. It's a whole different. So yeah. I just, I'm just trying to entice you with these before and after photos, you know, of teeth that are all twisted up and nose and faces that are all bent. You just learn, you, you learn with your eyes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I've seen a lot of the before and after pictures and they're, the, your work is fascinating and it, it's obviously yielding uh great results from what i'm seeing so i mean uh i'm i'm totally bought into the effectiveness of that mode of therapy All right. and All i mean right. you're drinking my kool-aid there you go <laughs> i've drank the kool-aid and i mean yes and in the defense of other sort of modalities um it's as you say it's a totally different jargon it's a completely different philosophy and approach and if somebody trains to be a cardiologist or whatever there's no way they would have time in their lives to go learn Correct. what you're doing i mean it's it's a it's a full-on different modality on its own and it ties in so closely to anatomy and the structure of the body so i don't think you could i don't think one can really dispute its effectiveness 
um, because it it just has such a such a a deep understanding of the anatomy and 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 the way you can trace back um, injuries that happened decades ago and how they're affecting the body today is uh, I mean to me it's mind blowing. You know, yes, the, the longer I do this, the more I I have this respect for its body's beauty and ability for self repair. And you you there is living forensic evidence within a sick body. It gives clues out as to what's going on. And so um, a lot of uh, my uh, mommies follow me because. I teach them to look at their children and how their children evolve and play. And, and you know, after an injury, they, they kathunk and they get up and dust themselves off. And lo and behold, two, three days later, they start to get the sniffles. Well, that's not coincidence. The body took a little shock and it's having a little bit of trouble kicking up and balancing. And it caught a virus when ordinarily uh, before that thunk or that fall, that whack on the head, it was fine. So you're no, saying that trauma affects the immune system? That potential trauma, like if they catch a cold? I see that. No, it, 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 there's a, an easier structural explanation. Okay. That funk shocked the tissues and the tissues doesn't, the tissue is, uh, is not able to freely balance and breathe effectively. It's, it's mechanics is a little slightly deranged, not enough to go to the ER, but then there's a sluggishness and a pooling and a um, turbulence of flow and energy, as well as the structure being constrained. So they fall and they whack their head. Well, then the sinuses don't open and breathe and balance and ventilate. Wow. So, okay. you, so, so your kid thumped his head and he's fine, but then, you know, they're out at a play date and some kid is nibbling and sneezes in your kid's vicinity and your head, your kid's thunked and he hasn't, he hasn't had enough time to balance and open up the sinuses so that flow goes in and out. And so, uh, your kid caught the other kid's respiratory droplet right in here and can't move it out. Yeah. So, so, so structurally, there's an explanation for that, and that makes sense, and that's easy for people to comprehend. Um, yes, the immune system got a little destabilized, and it got a little distracted, and it 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 didn't see that virus that snuck in. Wow. You go. But then, you know, locally, right here in the tissue, these cells said, hey, there's a foreign invader here and let's attack it. And you spike a fever. Then mom says, oh, no, my, my kid caught a cold. Well, it's not a coincidence. Your kid um, bumped his head on the playground and next to a sniveling, sneezy, another kid. <laughs> but it just didn't happen out of nowhere. And so, you know, uh, I see that very common. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now we have to support the body so that it can fight off this virus. And then once that inflammatory process, that attack comes down and, and, and the, the immune system has eradicated that virus, then it can 
rest and go back to balancing that kathunk. And it might be if it was just a mild one. And, and you can gauge this. Um, it's, it's a little bit of detective work. If your kid only had a low-grade fever, it's not that bad a virus. It wasn't that big a thump. So it's not your child passing. You can do supportive work at home for, for this cold, and your kid clears it up. And the immune system has been challenged, so it's going to be stronger. So it's going to um, reset, and it'll recover. The inflammation's down. The, uh, the child's going to rest, and then it'll kick in, and it'll displace that mild little kabunk and it'll reorganize. And then if the immune system has been challenged, the next time on that same playground, that other sniveling sick kid is like. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that kid. That thick mucus plug <laughs> seeping out of his nostril, yeah. right? Because his mom's been feeding him milk, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, while you're feeding your kid, but your kid just happened to have clunk, right? So, so the next time your kid is on that same playground and that kid is still sniveling, you're gonna be fine. No thunk, your kid will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Fascinating. I, you know what? I, I hate to say it, but Dr. Huang, we're out of time. Are we out of time? Yeah. Oh, I no. mean, I feel like we just started. So would you would you join us again in a future episode so we could continue? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, and then you can you can ask your your um your audience what subjects they want to address. It's been bugging them so bad. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. So um very quickly, how can people find you? Um, I have two offices and you can follow the Insta, you can DM me. Um, that's nice and quick. You can go on the website, drhuang.com. Doctor is spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-O-A-N-G.com. You can call the offices, you can come in for an appointment. And that's LA, and right? It, there's an LA office and there's an Arcadia office. Okay. In near Pasadena. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really pre we really appreciate it, Dr. Huang, and we hope you'll join us again. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and that does it for this edition of the Natural Man Podcast. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Natural Man Podcast as we're on there putting stuff up all the time. And uh, please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. My name is Mike C. Stay healthy. This has been the Natural Man Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast for more episodes. The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice of any kind or to diagnose and or treat any disease. Please consult a physician for personal medical advice. Always consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding a medical condition. Never substitute, disregard, or delay seeking professional medical advice or treatment because of something you've heard on the Natural Man Podcast. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. 
Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. <laughs>